Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 169 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and let's introduce today's guest. Today's guest is Robert Almeida. He leads graphics at SB Architects out of Miami, Florida, but he also has a side hustle as Dude Be Awesome. During this episode, we talk about how a bad breakup he had led to the motivation needed and the start of Dude Be Awesome. Tells us that story. We also talk about how his grandparents' photography and art business really introduced him to creativity and design. We get into stories about how SB Architects uses print to go that extra step for their architecture clients and how it helps bring their clients closer to visualizing the reality of the project and the sort of tactile feel of that and how that plays a role in it all. We talk about why freelance wasn't for him, some of the lowest points during when he was really given freelance all he could, and some of the highest points while he was doing that because he did get some wins. He also tells us a story about the website project, or I guess you could say the website fix that went completely sideways for him and how it went completely sideways. He also shares with us the rebranding of the architecture firm he leads graphics for and why he's so proud of that work. And right at the end of the episode, Robert tells me that he's actually colorblind. Now, when you think colorblind, you think you can't see color or you just see everything in black and white, or at least that's what what a lot of people assume, what I assumed anyways. Um, And I was fascinated by that. So we talked about that for a bit, what it's like to be in the creative industry and a color-based industry. Well, colorblind. So I loved chatting with him about it. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. My guest today, Robert Almeida. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Robert, how are you today? I'm good, man. How about you? Doing great. Thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for asking me to be on the podcast, man. I first got to ask, are you ready for a quickie? I'm ready. (laughs) I'm always ready. (laughs) Perfect. So let's dive right in here. Uh, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So my name is Robert Almeida. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida, and I lead graphics out of SB Architects. Um, on the side, uh, I run Dude Be Awesome, which is motivational lettering for um, creatives to help them be awesome. I love that. Where did Dude Be Awesome come from? Where, where and when did that start? So, so it started in college. I had a pretty bad breakup. Yep. And then that motivated me to kind of want to motivate myself. Yep. I kind of was like in a funk. So I thought, why not just dude be awesome? Like I'm talking to myself, like dude, just <laughs> be awesome. Yeah. Dude, man, those relationships are just uh, hang, crush you, man. hang you out to dry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So dude be awesome. How long have you been running that for? Um, so I started in 
Well, Robert, I'm going to dive into the question that you mentioned. You're having a little bit of, of a tough time figuring <laughs> out. And yeah. let's just talk through it. Let's talk through it together here. Okay. okay. Um, what's been the most influential design of your life so far? It could be a design. It could be a logo. It could be an illustration, a painting, anything like that, that you saw. And for whatever reason has just stuck with you. So I feel like I ended up landing on a piece by John Contino okay. that I saw on Tumblr like years ago. And it was that was kind of like the deciding factor that made me realize I wanted to do lettering and get into illustration and because his work is so is so fun and fluid and like natural that mm-hmm. I was like man if if he's crushing and doing this stuff why why can't I like mm-hmm. I I and it, it just stuck with me it's always been with like in the back of my head I always refer to that kind of style I've, I've developed my own style but like I think John Contino is really what uh gave me the push to, to pursue what I'm doing now Awesome. See, you nailed that one. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough, man. It was tough. <laughs> yeah. So with that answer then, sliding into the next question, Robert, who are some other designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow, and what about them do you like? So I'm going to actually plug my friends Chalk and Brush Co. Yeah. Um, so what they do is they're local. Um, they work out of Miami, and they do murals, uh, installations um branding identity uh illustration everything they do a little bit of everything and the reason that i look up to them and that i follow them so closely not only because they're my friends but mm-hmm. um i started out with cynthia doing murals a couple years ago and at the time since it was so early on in the development of like what we were trying to do mm-hmm. um the money wasn't really there for both of us to share it. So I was like, listen, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I, I had a knack for building websites. So I started to just do that for local clients. This is when I was freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cynthia kind of just took off with it. And now they're doing stuff for brands like Starbucks and Spotify and, um, these huge international like corporations, but then mm-hmm. still considering the small local client that needs like a chalkboard menu or like, uh, you know, a, a logo or a whatever that they they need. So, like, I look up to them because they they're crushing it right now. Mm-hmm. And they so they were called brush and or sorry, chalk and chalk, brush, chalk and brush, yeah, chalk and brush. That's cool. I haven't yeah. heard of them before, so I'm going to look that up. Yeah, they're they're dope. But they specialize in in chalk work. They specialize in murals. Murals. All so around. it's anything that's large format that needs to go on a wall or get displayed, yeah. like signage, that kind of stuff. That's cool. Very cool. Nice one. Yeah. Plug the friend. Big shout out. I yeah. love it. Um, Robert, I want to get a little bit into print and packaging design. I want to hear how you have utilized print in your design career and any stories around that that you have that you can share with us. Yeah. Um, so working with architects, um, you can't really print small. So a lot of <laughs> what we do is we print really big plant, like floor plans or sections and uh, elevations just to have a good sense of scale and mm-hmm. understanding what's going on. Cause at SB, what we work on are, uh, hospitality and resort projects. Okay. So a lot of these are like multi-level, huge podium, like massive resorts. And, 
um, a big part of selling to the client the design is actually showcasing it and and getting them to understand like this is what we're proposing and if you go this route this is what your hotel or whatever could look like Mm -hmm. so um and a lot of times the presentations and the decks we put together we'll print them out and bind them and then that'll be something that's available during the meeting or uh something that we can send to the client that's like a good plus like to kind of show them like we actually everything is thought through everything is cared for all the details Mm -hmm. are uh paid attention to so that's how i've used print so what do you think is the benefit to producing hard copies for the client to look through versus just emailing over a PDF? Do you think there's some sort of tangible benefit or emotional benefit to putting something on paper versus just on the screen? Um, yeah. So I think when you physically printing it out and giving it to a client, I think it shows them like, um, that, we truly want to focus on the little, the small details. Like we're not just sending something via email. Like we've taken the care to print each page and make sure that it's bound properly. And that the story of this project is laid out in mm-hmm. front of them. It becomes a reality versus like, cause in architecture, you don't really, you don't see anything until you're in the actual developmental stages. Right. So yeah. being able to give them something physical and show them that this project is going to happen. Like, I think that really just goes the extra the extra yard the extra mile i couldn't agree more i like how you worded that as well you know it just brings them closer to reality it sort of shows a little bit of extra care and attention rather than just sending over a, a pdf document yeah it adds a little bit of something extra a little bit something I tangible they appreciate it because then it's something they can keep too you know like a little memento definitely so robert the next couple of questions I have for you. Take you down part of your career where you likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, I promise I'll turn it around. We'll end in a happy place. But I got to drag you through the trenches here first. (laughs) So, Robert, what has been the most challenging period or challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, so when I was freelancing, I think that was probably the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time I had, I, I, when I graduated, I went straight into a small studio. Mm-hmm. So literally the week after I graduated, I was working, which awesome. is great. But after a year, they had to let me go because the work was just too slow. Mm-hmm. And so this is at the point in time when I decided, I, I think I can find clients and and make it work on my own Mm -hmm. um and i had a good run i i i dealt with it or fought struggled for like three years Mm -hmm. and after three years i was at the point where i was like i i can't do this it was it's just as a freelancer you're you're not just the designer you're you're a creative director you're a copywriter you're a web designer you're the admin you're the bd you know like um it's it takes a certain type of person to be able to stay on top of every single one of those roles mm-hmm. without kind of burning out too quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I made it work for three years, but I think I could have used more experience and more connections before kind of jumping into that world. 
Definitely. So as the junior designer in the studio, you were the first to go when work slowed down a little bit. Yeah. And then you kind of get kicked out of there and just got to figure out freelance life on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So what were in the, in that three year period where you're battling through freelance, give me like, what was the lowest point and what was the highest point for you? So the lowest point was going month to month, unsure whether I was going to have money in the bank. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the, I was doing a lot of work for one individual and they were giving me kind of their investments and kind of throwing it my way. And it was getting to the point Mm -hmm. where I had to be calling him nonstop, texting him nonstop, emailing, trying to catch him at an opportune moment where he could write me a check. Um, And it was at that point where I was like, this isn't sustainable and I need something steady. I I can't be wasting all of my time trying to chase down this one person. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not finding any other clients then I need to have someone who can help me find clients. And then that's when I contacted a recruiter and I was like, look, I, I, I need a job. And they were able to find me something which was worked out, which was great. Mm-hmm. I had something steady for the moment. So then, um, then what jumps out to you as sort of the highest point? Maybe it was landing a big client. Like what was the highest yeah. point during that period? So that period, um, it was probably, I, I landed probably one of the bigger branding jobs that I've had in my career. It mm-hmm. was this, it was a tax consultant agency that they were starting fresh. So they had zero collateral, zero branding, zero, like it was ground zero, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got the opportunity to actually brand and develop what they would look like. And it was great because the, the owners were, I had a direct line to them. So I was always in contact with them back and They were on top of what helped actually make it work. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. they were responsive. They had good feedback um, and they were paying me. And then <laughs> and to this the day, there's part. <laughs> right. Like the money <laughs> was coming in. Yeah. Um, and, and to this day, they're, um, they're still using the same branding. They're still using the same collateral. Um, the website changed, but that's fine. That, that happens. And, um, and now they're like franchising. So they have like multiple locations throughout South Florida. And so that to me is like a high because I can, I can always count on seeing my work like on display with them. So mm-hmm. nice. So where in the yeah. three years did that happen? Was that earlier on or near the end? Um, it was actually near the end. I would say, uh, two years in maybe two and a half years in um so was that enough to make you go wait a second maybe this is for me yeah like i i don't want to write off freelancing like freelancing is is dope and um but i think there's like a connotation when you say i'm a freelancer right like people tend to think oh it's just one person like Mm -hmm. we don't need to pay them that much or we don't have to pay them on time um i think going forward if i go back to that Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to call myself a company, a studio, something like official to like showcase, like, look, I'm serious. This is, I'm, I'm here to kick ass and make you look good. Like mm-hmm. I, I need you to pay me. 
Yeah, well but, said. Uh, well said. So, Robert, now I want to get a little bit more specific. Um, I want you now to take us to a design or a project that you were a part of, a specific one that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that was a rough day. Um, <laughs> so I was actually, I was interning at the time. And I remember this because I feel like you never forget your big, your first big fuck up at yep. like any corporation. So I was working at a small ad agency and I had just started delving into like HTML and CSS and web design. And they needed to do something with the website. I can't remember specifically what. And I mentioned, oh, I know I, I can do that. I can make that change, no problem. So I went in, I logged into the FTP, I was editing something, and then I don't know what happened. I dragged in or dragged out the wrong files, mm -hmm. and the website got deleted completely. The whole website deleted. Like I obliterated the website. Oh I, my gosh. I, yeah. So it. I'm lucky it was a small ad agency. They didn't let me go. I was just interning. Um, and they were able to call their webmaster and have them like just go back to a backup version and just re-upload it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I remember on the way home, I was carpooling with some friends that were also interning and I passed out in the backseat. I was like just so exhausted from the stress and the, the anxiety of like what I had done. I was like, I can't believe that that oh happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's that's probably one of the the worst experiences I've had. Luckily, I haven't had anything as bad, but yeah, it was pretty bad. You deleted a website. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, I got one more tough one, and then we'll turn this bus around for you, Robert. What right, is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, so lately... Um, Lately, I've been struggling with feeling kind of stuck um, and not being able to express myself as creatively as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. um, I think it comes with the territory of, of where I'm working. Um, not that I don't get to be creative, more that a lot of it is a, a lot of repetitive like production work because mm -hmm. it's support for the architects. But um, yeah, so it's it's feeling stuck and and... I guess, unsatisfied with the work that I've been creating, which is like 95% of the reason that I started posting on Dude Be Awesome again, because um, I'm a part of Scotty Russell's uh, Side Hustlers coaching program. Oh, cool. Good for you. Yeah, Scotty's yeah, amazing. He's the best, man. He's honestly like, and I, I've told him this before, like you like, you like brought me back, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm back to being myself and, um, with that program and his guidance and, and the group, the little team that we have, shout out to the side hustlers. Um, I, I, I feel like myself again and I feel like I can actually do cool shit that I really want to make and put out. And, and it's stuff that I feel like is resonating with people and like helping them in their day to day as like a creative. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that, man. I'm excited for you, Robert. That's great to hear. You know, that Scotty was able to sort of pull you out of a bit of a funk and, and, and sort of light that fire for you again. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, let's turn this bus around, Robert. Um, <clears throat> tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Um, 
So I was, I was trying to figure this out, and I even messaged my fiance. I was like, "What's what's the best thing that I've done?" It, <laughs> yeah, and and I ended up landing on the. We recently this past year did a refresh for SB uh, for the brand. Okay, and being a part of that and being able to like coordinate and figure out, okay, how can we make this kind of dated logo look new, modern, contemporary, and and still maintain that feel of we're an architecture firm, we're we're serious and we're good at what we do. Like, how do I maintain that integrity? And then, so what's been happening this up until the new year, what we're going to be doing is actually rolling out a new website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we refresh the logo. We're redeveloping all of our like qualifications packages, all of our presentation slides. Like, it's little by little, it's a lot of work. Um, I think in total, SB has worked on like 800 projects like over the past 60 years, which is a lot if you mm-hmm. think about it with architecture. Um, so, core, like, and on top of it, like getting the board of directors to like agree on everything and like feel confident that we're taking it in the right direction, like that to me has been like the biggest win so far. So cool. So yeah. that is released in stages, you know, throughout the rest of the year. Is that right? Yeah. So this year is actually our 60th year anniversary. So we're, it lined up pretty perfectly to like redesign and like um, start releasing new shit and, and show our clients that we're so cool, you know? That's awesome. I love yeah. that, man. You know, and it, and it helps a little bit because it takes you a little out of that, I mean, a repetitive production work. It's a little bit yeah. different, right? It's tickling that, um, that branding and design marketing part of the brain instead. Yeah. Very cool. Which is, it's always fun to do that stuff. I love branding. Well, Robert, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question, my friend. I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So first off here, my last guest was James Martin. He is the founder of Baby Giant Design Co. out of Winchester, Winchester, UK. So he wanted to ask, and he actually called me out on this question and asked me. So I also need to answer this question once you give your answer. Um, If you had to come back in your next life as an animal, what would it be and why? It's a question as old as time. I know. And I feel like I would already have this answer like ready, like, you know, like locked and loaded. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm big into uh, Olympic style weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So I like being strong and strong things. So I think I'm going to go with a silverback gorilla. Oh, well done. Yeah. Nice, Robert, the old silverback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about as hairy as a as a gorilla. So I think oh, dude, I know you there. Works. I feel you there. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to answer this question. There's a saying out there, a bowl in a china shop. And when I hear that saying, it immediately leads me to think of disruption. And I am a big fan of disruption and doing things <laughs> completely differently, getting a reaction just because, um, you know, even if it's making a fool out of myself, if it gets a reaction, if it entertains somebody, I'm in more than happy to do it. And I like to shake things up. I like to disrupt things. So I'm going to go with a bowl strictly for that saying. I'm here to disrupt. 
that was my backup choice. So. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, so Robert, Robert the Silverback, what is your question that you'd like me to ask the next guest? All right. So this one was also tough, but um, fun fact: I'm actually colorblind. No way. Yeah, and <laughs> I always get that reaction, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I'm colorblind. I work in design, and I wanted to ask other designers, what do you imagine colorblind people see the world as? Wow, what a great question, Robert. I think it's, okay. I think it's fitting. So break this down a little bit for me. So when yeah. people say colorblind, most people probably go, oh, everything's black and white to you. Correct. But I'm assuming that that's not what it's like at all. No. Okay. My job would be impossible. But. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so break it, break it down for me. What, describe what that's like and what, what you go through. So the way – since I was born with it, um, it's, it's kind of hard to explain what I don't see or what I see differently in comparison. True. But I do know that there's – this weird interaction with greens and reds for me because mm-hmm. I'm, I think it's called Deuteronomaly. Okay. Deuter- I'm not, I'm not sure. If, I would have no idea. But- so you could say any word and I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the, my mid range cones are shorter than they're supposed to be. Okay. So reds and greens, especially when they're the same, um, hue or saturation, like, uh, range, mm-hmm. they'll tend to flip on me. Okay. So I'll, I'll think the red's a green or the green is a red. It happens with brown sometimes. Um, I have difficulty seeing like um, like darker purples. Like uh-huh. I'll think those purples are actually like a more of a blue. Um, uh, I guess that's basically what it is. It's And it's not I, – I see color. I see color fairly well. It's just a lot of colors that most people see perfectly I, I struggle with. Interesting. But, so if – to give it, you know – a really good context for something that everybody in the world is familiar with and could then put themselves in your shoes here. Cause that's what I want okay. them to do. I want people to put themselves in your shoes. Okay. Coke red iconic. You see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You see it on billboards. You see it on bottles is Coke red, Coke red to you. Coke red is the Coke red that I know. So it's red, mm-hmm. Yep. but it might not be the same exact range of red. Mm-hmm. I, I I recognize it because I've been taught like okay that's red you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, but like it's it's not like I don't recognize the red I c- I can tell that it's red I I know that Coke is red um, it's just not as vi- it's probably not as vibrant that's the best way to put it mm-hmm. um, I guess another example too is when I'm when I was driving when I was starting driving I had a little bit of difficulty with the colors from a distance mm-hmm. so. If it was red, sometimes I would worry that it might be green. So I would have to slow down a little bit before mm-hmm. to kind of give myself a chance to react. Now that I've been driving for years, it's not an issue anymore. But mm-hmm. initially, because those colors are so bright and they're both within the same kind of like intensity, yep. I, it had a tendency to switch. Interesting. Robert, that yeah. is fascinating. Thanks. Colorblind and in the design career. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robert, you've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.